Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Okay, welcome everyone, and thank you for joining us on Clean Break, the DivorceNet podcast. I'm Darren Javag, the chair of DivorceNet and uh, host of the show, and I'm here today with my co-host, uh, vice president of DivorceNet and co-host of the show for Clean Break, Tina Murray. Tina, who we got lined up today? Good morning, Darren. This morning we have Jamie Marie Mukherjee, and she is a lawyer with Lister Beaupre. Uh, she has been in practice for about five years, and um, you are a mom of two really great kids, it I says am, here. I am. Um, so, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good and morning. Good morning. Tell us a little bit, just a little bit about yourself. <sighs> Where to begin? Just um, a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 53, so it could take a while. Um, I'm originally from Newfoundland, so you will hear uh, a bit of an East Coast twang every now and then, which I'm very proud of. I like that. Uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, we're very friendly people. Um, I came to Ottawa via Toronto, um, wasn't always a lawyer, went back to school in my late 40s well. to become a lawyer. Um, two great kids, both in university. One who's thinking about becoming a lawyer, and I keep thinking, oh, no, 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 don't do it, do something else. We need a doctor in the family. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like law. I do primarily legal aid. So my practice is basically legal aid clients, which I like. Um, and I purposely, you know, do like to practice that. And I've made a conscious decision to do that. Yeah, and I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just living life. Life is good. Right. Yeah. Live in Ottawa. Live in Ottawa. Yeah. Live in live and work in Ottawa. Have been here in Ottawa now twenty three years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So been away from home for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to jump right into some questions for you. No Um, problem. So uh, of course this is the divorce uh, podcast. Yep. So um, do you deal uh, deal with a lot of uh, the divorcing clients in the legal aid side, or is that we do? Yeah, we do. So uh, legal aid clients come to us with a, you know, a, quite a wide range of issues. Uh, it could be custody, access, it could be CAS involvement. Right. We do property division. We don't do divorce. Legal aid doesn't cover that fee part of it. Mm-hmm. But if a client will pay the court fees for the divorce, I can certainly help them with that. Okay. So yeah, we, we do everything there. Yeah. Okay. So um, when you're talking about a divorce, so we're going to go to some specific questions. Sure. Does uh, does is um, does a spouse have an automatic right to spousal support? No. A lot of people think that if you are at home or you're, let me how how do I put this? Some people think that it is an automatic. Oh, I'm going to get. And I'm going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm going to get a year for every year that I've stayed home. Or they seem to have these kind of peculiar ideas. It's it's not an automatic, it's not a tick box like child support is. Child mm-hmm. support is, it just is what it is, it's going to happen, tough luck. Right. Um, and it's based on a specific chart, and it is the law. Right. Spousal support is more of a, a fluid thing. You have to pass a certain test. There has to be um, a need for the spousal support, and there also has to be an ability for the payer to actually pay. Right. So the court looks at a specific set of factors. They'll look at, um, is it a compensatory thing? Like, why do you need the support? 
Do you need it because you've given up your own career mm -hmm. to stay at home, raise children while the other spouse has gone on to uh, advance in their own career? Mm -hmm. um, or do you need it because um, due to illness during the marriage and you just don't have the ability to go on and work? Mm -hmm. We see spousal support happen for less longer durations now mm. it used to be the case of forever <laughs> well basically yeah i mean and you think about it i mean in the 60s 70s maybe even the, in the early 80s a lot of women would stay home mm -hmm. and they sometimes and it, it usually is women right uh, yeah. who are applying for spousal support not all the time i have seen yeah. men apply it's changed a bit now eh? it, like, it has it, yeah. uh, it has. And I mean, you know, I grew up with a dad who stayed home to raise me. So for oh. me, for a man to say, yeah, I want spousal support, it's not mm. a weird thing. I, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, so we do see that duration of uh, entitlement for, you know, indefinite not happening as much now because women come into the marriage working. Mm -hmm. uh, they may be working throughout the marriage. And certainly if the marriage does end, they have more capacity to sort of Take care of themselves. Take care of themselves. Yeah. Exactly. It's more about the discrepancy, I guess, in the in the in the in income, right? Where one is making two hundred thousand, the other exactly. one's making fifty, mm -hmm. and exactly. it's more of like just trying to level the playing field a little bit. Yeah. Right? Yep. You know, one of the thing, one of the things I always say is uh, when clients ask me that question, and I always say I don't I don't give legal advice, but everything is pretty much negotiable except for child support. So Absolutely. if you want to sign it all away, yeah. that's your choice. Exactly. Talk to your lawyer, but. Uh, you know, don't spend too much time arguing about the, the, the cutlery and the plates, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to spend a lot of money doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's so funny that you say that because for a long time, I wanted to be a crown. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I wanted to deal with that kind of aspect of law. And I thought, you know, I could never be a family law lawyer. Like, oh, my God, you know, if they want to battle over the, the dining room table, great. You know, you take the chairs, you take the table, you take the cups, <laughs> you take the sausage, you take, like, whatever. And I thought, but when they start battling over the kids, I don't think that I can stomach it. Yeah. And yeah. here I am, and I'm doing just that. And, right. I, you know, I actually love it. It's, okay. it's funny how, like, life turns around, you know? Right, mm -hmm. right. I mean, it's, I, you know, I find a lot of lawyers that mm -hmm. I speak to, it's about a sense of, of justice a little there's yeah. a little bit mm -hmm. of uh, like it's about fairness yes and i think when they represent their clients they want what's best for them absolutely they're not purposely trying to start a fight that's not there no. they want their clients to feel like they're getting their fair shake in yeah. in what's happening so and i think if, um, if clients go away partially happy and partially sad mm. then i think you probably you did a good hit, job hit, yeah, <laughs> the sweet spot right yeah. because both are happy both are sad it's like yeah, yeah. i think we pretty well got the sweet spot there yeah, yeah. that yeah. saying goes if you don't if both of you leave unhappy then it's a good deal yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly whatever, right yeah. Like, exactly because exactly. you know you don't feel like you maybe got your full share that there's balance exactly yeah exactly. so so when we're looking we're talking about fair and yep. so we're still on the, the spousal Uh-oh. support yep. um Talk to me a little bit about that process because I think sometimes clients don't understand where those numbers are coming from. They're like, oh, did you just pick that out of the air and voila, here's what you're paying. I know sometimes when there's a discrepancy in income, the higher paying spouse quite often feels like they're getting the raw end of the stick. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can talk a little bit about how the courts and the process comes to that number. And, and just before you answer that, I'm really curious to hear the answer because I have a client who um, had worked 
uh, wife didn't, and so the male was my client, and wife didn't work throughout their marriage. They just piddled and mm-hmm. piddled yeah, and yeah. dallied at stuff, dilly yeah. dallied at stuff, and that was what they decided to do. No, and that's fine. Yeah. And 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 anyway, um, uh, child went off to school, and uh, husband retired, and then took another job, like another career, and. Um, she doesn't want to work (laughs) and says she can't because she's ill and um but doesn't qualify for any type of uh disability disability because she's because she can live off his income so he's paying there's there's an issue (laughs) thousands of dollars like a couple thousand dollars a month in alimony um and so he needs to work you know this very very high-paying job and he's gone a lot and anyway that's there's a long story there but it kind of burns my butt because uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like uh-huh. Uh-huh. there is no I I don't know the whole story though right no so. but this is actually a really good example okay um, the court does expect people in those situations to become self-sufficient okay that's a good that's and a good. gone are gone are the days of women staying home for 25 30 years and not having any quote quote marketable skills right. right okay even you know if you're staying home raising children um which is i've done it i've been a stay-at-home mom so i do, it's not uh it's one of the hardest jobs it actually is. Mm-hmm. if you want to raise good kids it takes time and it takes effort and it takes mm-hmm. you know dedication. no punch clock yeah yeah like it's a 24 7 you got it yeah. yeah uh so when you stay home and raise your children you still are expected to if the marriage does end become self-sufficient right right because at some point that spouse does not owe you a living you right. actually have to be able to look after yourself nor, right. does state owe, no, nor does the state owe you a living right um so the support is meant to kind of bridge you over to where you can maybe upgrade your schooling upgrade any uh interest that you have so that you can get to the next step mm-hmm. so it's not an income per mm-hmm. se it's not an indefinite oh yeah i'm getting this for life right it's a support and i think people miss that word when they think about it it's spousal support it's right. meant to help you get to the next stage of your life yeah. and sort of bridge the gap between marriage ending and you becoming independent right so right. it should be used to upgrade skills go back to school that kind of thing uh but i have seen people use it for um one degree, two degrees, a master's degree. It's like, okay, seriously? You, you couldn't get a job? Like, you could, you know, yeah. now now you're really taking advantage of this. So, yeah. you know, it it depends on the couple, too. I mean, if someone's willing to sit back and let the other spouse, I hate to say pillage take, their pocket, but right, <laughs> you know, right. take advantage of the situation, then, but, you know. But what role do the lawyers play in that? Because, like... I mean, I guess you can argue it forever and ever and ever. And at the end of the day, if the, if if it's still deemed that the person needs to pay alimony, they're now paying two years or three years of back alimony, which could be um, very mm-hmm. very financially detrimental, right? So what like what roles do the lawyers play in that? Like, obviously, you know, one spouse's lawyer is going to fight hard to get it, and the other mm-hmm. spouse's lawyer is going to fight hard to not make their client get it. But when it ends up being $2,000 a month, is that a lawyer thing? Like, is that a... No, we actually use a, a computer system called uh, DivorceMate. 
and it actually calculates um, the extra income that one spouse has and sort of calculates how much that spouse could give to the other without harming or putting their own economic situation in detriment. Yeah. And we get a high, mid, and a low range. And it actually gives us also the duration mm -hmm. for the support. Um, and that's what we actually used to argue in court. Well, Your Honor, when we ran, ran the divorce mate, this is what they said. You know, it said for eight years to, uh, usually it's when the, the last child is finished, mm -hmm. either high school or university. Right. Uh, so it depends on where your children are at in that scheme as well. Doesn't it also include if, if uh, the relationship is a, of a significant time frame? It does. I think it's it like 20 years yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That, yeah. There's, a, there's a rule that we use that if it's, you know, usually it's 10 and above, mm. it's considered a long duration of marriage. Okay. Um, but like I said, now the days of, you know, women getting it indefinitely are, we see lesser and lesser of those cases. Okay. So usually, I mean, on, a, on an average couple with two children, you might see support go for maybe five, eight years. And if it's going to be of that kind of length of duration, there's usually a review. Mm -hmm. So we'll say, you know, in maybe three years, we'll mm -hmm. take a review, see where one spouse is, and also see where the paying spouse is. Because things change, you know, mm -hmm. if you change jobs or you mm -hmm. get ill, mm -hmm. the payer gets mm -hmm. ill they may not have the ability to pay mm -hmm. or children move out and leave to go to university now there's no obligation to stay at home or you know so it's a very family law tends to be very very fluid mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it changes you know minute by minute by minute so you on these kind of cases you always have to be on top mm -hmm. and you always need communication from the client because some clients will you know say if it's a payer and uh, the other party has, you know, finished school and they've off, you know, they've gone on and gotten their first job or whatever, and there's and the payer is still paying. Tell me, <laughs> please tell me that this has changed. You know, you're just basically giving money away for no reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's really up to the clients too to keep us in the loop right. and kind of keep that communication going. Yeah. Because I, even though I always try to do what's right. I mean, we always try to do what's right. So when you have a situation where, you know, someone is actually taking advantage of your client, you think, okay, now enough is enough. Mm -hmm. But also if you have a client who should be paying and they're, you know, really, no, I don't want to pay, I don't want to pay, then you need to sit down and say to them, listen, you know, this is the reality of the situation. And you kind of have to have that frank talk with them and say, you know, you're going to have a hard go at this arguing this in court that you don't want to pay. Mm -hmm. right. Because really, the other side does have a legitimate claim. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can waste your money on fighting it, right. or you can sort of come to terms with this is the reality. Yeah. Right. Some of it is based also on, I, be, I believe, case law, right? Like, yes. so it's it, yeah. what's called the SAG. Maybe you can explain that a little bit. Because uh, people no. hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that okay. before. It's <laughs> <laughs> called support guideline. Yeah. So, so it, yeah. Anyways, it's a, that's a long thing. That, but maybe that's a very, I, I don't want to. I don't want you to go into the, that'd be the whole show. Yeah. But, uh, Ten shows, maybe. <laughs> but I, I think what they were trying to get to, and I'm not a lawyer, but what they were trying to do is they were trying to create like a baseline yes. and say, yes. you know, this is from case law experience. Yeah. This is where we see people because everyone's situation is unique. Yeah. Right. But maybe you can explain it because I think some people kind of feel like you're picking it out of the air, right? Like when when divorce mate picks that number. Uh, I think some people don't realize where it's coming from. So maybe just explain that a little bit. The just, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the guidelines are there to, again, I mean, it's based on the income and it's based on how much disposable the other party has. So it's based on the idea that that disposable, if it goes to the other party, can we make the homes more equal and more right. equitable? Right. So it's based on that kind of large idea mm-hmm. without getting too... Yeah. And SAG doesn't care about debt. So that's a big thing. No, exactly. People look at cash exactly. flow and they think, yeah. oh, well, I don't have the cash flow to, to pay this. They don't care. Right. It's all based on your 150, mm-hmm. your line 150. So people think, oh, well, you know, this is what I make, but this is actually what I take home. Well, really, the court does not care. It's line 150. They really So they don't, don't care. care about what your mortgage is. Mm-hmm. They no. don't care about what no. that you're driving a BMW no. and $700 or $800 a month. No. Tough luck. So, okay, so question then, does it look at um, the difference between, like if, if, a, if a person is paying child support mm-hmm. and spousal support, mm-hmm. does the spousal support calculator can factor in child support? Yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And if it's a situation where you, you're so hard done by that spousal support is going to drain you from paying child support, child support always trumps. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So there is a calculation to put the spousal into the child support. So in that scenario, if you're getting both, then your spousal support might be lower mm-hmm. because, of course, you're getting child support to help you raise your children, mm-hmm. help you with food, help you with you know rent, that, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. We could do a whole show on support. support. No, no, oh, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. And we have a couple other questions, but it almost seems like we're going to kind of take away from what we what we're talking about, and I, I think it's important that we can talk about the yeah, support yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and so... There was a question I just had, but it's gone. <laughs> it's about the support. Um, you want to double back? Yeah, I don't know. It's gone. Sure. Uh, and, um, well, that might be a good segue then if you want to change. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, a huge. That oh, that, that I, one question is so yeah, large. Yeah, yeah. So. When when I got the questions by email, I you know I thought, holy cow, those are like three biggies. Like yeah. I, I could yeah. spend like an hour yeah. or more on each, each one of those questions. Like holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, and I think the end of the day, it's I, I guess as far as like for me, child support is is about the children, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That was my question. So, um, explain to us a little bit about how the child support portion works. Um, husband and wife make the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. I make a hundred thousand. My husband makes a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. We have three kids, yep. and the, I have primary custody of the kids, and he sees them. You know, Wednesdays and every other weekend. Uh-huh. Does he pay me child support? Uh, yes, he does. What does he pay me child support on? His income? Yes. Or the dif- because there's no difference. No, no, but he would do an offset. Okay. So, yeah. how does that work? Again, it's it's based on the the tables. Yeah. So it looks at how much disposable income he has, and again, it's to it's to raise the the economics so that the children don't feel any sort of economic difference between the households right mm-hmm. so because so I think a lot of people think well I make a hundred thousand dollars and you make a hundred thousand dollars or fifty thousand or forty mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. there's no child support required but it depends on who's the, the children are living with right exactly so yeah. right because I would expenses. if it was me I would have more expenses because I have the children living in my home exactly. my hydro my heat exactly. my gas my food bills exactly. Um, exactly plus you might be paying for daycare camps those yeah. kind of things right, right. so right. even though you make the same amount of money you're actually spending more for the, right. the care of those children. Plus, right. it also depends on the age of the children. Are they in university? Are they away at university? Do they come home for the summer? So it's it's one of these things that it's not so easy to fit into a box. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, actually, the actual amount of child support is pretty well 
black and white. It's based on a set of tables, okay. and it you know you look at the income of the payer, you look at the income of the recipient mm -hmm. if she is working or he is working, and then there's a you know it it tells you how much should be paid. Right. But it's the circumstances around it are all fact driven, very case by case by case. Mm -hmm. So it's not one of those kind of black and white. It's always, well, it depends. Well, right. yeah. you know, it's very, very fact driven. And even if it's 50-50 custody, is, could there still be child support? Absolutely. Yep. Because again, if you're, if I'm making 100 and you're only making 50, right. even though we have the children equal time, right. you're still on your exactly okay. exactly just wait okay. till she gets well we won't ask you this question about section seven expenses but oh. that one really <laughs> <laughs> this huge groan in the room oh. <laughs> anyway we'll talk about it another time that's a couple of sessions yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. do, do you yeah. just hear how my, my yeah yeah we have another <laughs> we have another lawyer that's we'll, sitting we'll off over it. there and she kind of did the same collective uh, sigh <laughs> we'll get you back on the show for another time okay, okay. yeah so I, I actually I really want to ask this question though because I think it's important is uh, can the court force one of the parties to or the the parties themselves to sell the house? Uh, you would be surprised, but the answer is yes. Right. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I have seen it in practice. People think that oh well it's my property. Mm -hmm. It is your property, but it's also a matrimonial asset. Right. Right. So I've seen it where uh, even in common law I've seen it where one party uh, wants to buy the other out, but they're really dragging their heels. Mm -hmm. They're not getting the financing, they're not putting a timeline to it, and it just goes on and on. Meanwhile, the person in the house is struggling to pay the mortgage, struggling to pay the insurance, and really just wants to get out from underneath it, right. get any sort of equity out of the house, mm -hmm. divide it between the two of them, and just get on with life. Mm -hmm. And I have seen cases where that happens, and yeah, bring a motion and say to the judge, absolutely, this is the, these are the, the you know, this is the facts, mm -hmm. this is the financial s situation we're in, can you please put a finite time to this, or can I put the house up for sale without their consent, can I actually have someone in to come in and evaluate the house within 60 days and then have it put on the market within 90 days mm -hmm. and without mm -hmm. someone else's consent, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So that's a good question. I have another one for you, actually, because mm -hmm. we uh, we both have actually uh, someone we know that's that's mm -hmm. going through it, uh, mm -hmm. a divorce, and one of the spouses is talking about doing that. And the interesting thing in her case is that uh, she makes her primary living out of the mm -hmm. property because so she has wow. a business that's wow. run out of the property. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can answer that. Maybe you can get back to us on wow. it if you don't know the answer. But yeah, I know I know the the spouse is trying to force the sale of the house. And she runs a, her her, and it's not a side business; it's mm -hmm. a full time business mm -hmm. that she runs out of it. Yeah, and it's very. It's not like it's an office that you can just transfer that office to any other location. Right. It's right. a very has a unique. It, uh, yeah, it's a unique footprint in the building. Yeah, and, and has and, equipment and, yeah. and stuff. So, so it's, and it's very know, stressful. Interesting though, because she, I know she's mm -hmm. wondered about that because mm -hmm. her spouse has said that that she's he's going to force the sale of the house. Mm -hmm. And the challenge there is now this is her primary way of making a living, mm -hmm. right? And so, anyways. It, it would depend on if she can buy him out. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. right. You know, if he's saying it just to be 
malicious. Mal yeah, I don't want to use the words, but thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> threatening, threatening, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Then he may not have, he won't have a ground to stand on. Right. If she wants to buy him out, mm -hmm. then she's more than, you know, she's capable of doing that. Okay. Then that's, yeah. you know. So we know you, so they can sell the house, but I mean, this would be a, an extenuating circumstance for like where she's, she's getting her living. Um, okay. So do you have another question? Well, do we have, what kind of time, How much time do we, we have? have? We're coming to the end. Yeah, we're coming to the end. Yeah, coming to the end. Okay, yeah. so we had another one. Yeah, we had another one, which is yeah. a really good one. Yeah. But uh, I, you know, we'll put it, put a pin in it. What we found, uh, and we've changed our format to be about twenty minutes, mm -hmm. is that you know people, uh, people are busy. They're trying to get the answers. Mm -hmm. And if we, if usually if our episodes go past about twenty minutes, people tune out and they don't come back on to listen. So we'll get you back on the show. No problem. Uh, and we'll get some more no questions problem. for you. Yeah. Maybe just w like one question. Yeah, <laughs> one mega whopper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, no, but you've been great, very informative, and, oh, I, and yeah. the, that's the Thank one thing you. I learn uh, every time we do a podcast is I learn things. Like, I'm, like, dumbfounded with some of the answers that oh, you've yeah. given me, right? Because, yeah. And I think it's good uh, uh, from a professional basis that we actually keep learning this stuff because when I see somebody in my office or you see somebody in your office, I have more information to help them. In my in the process, or and you know, I know all of us probably have mm -hmm. people come into our yeah. offices where we feel more like a counselor. <laughs> oh, totally. You know? Oh, totally. And, yes. and yeah. having this type of information from these podcasts and from interviewing other members of DivorceNet is valuable to my business. Mm -hmm. So Very thank much you. Good. Yeah, no, thank you pleasure, for joining us. Well, this is why we call it the practice of law because you know every case is different, mm -hmm. and you always have to look at the facts and figure out what's going to be next and yeah. you know it's not always neat and tidy. Mm -hmm. Go I was going to say so tell us how uh, our listeners and uh, watchers can get a hold of you. Well I'm at Lister Beaupre so you can call us at 613-234-2500 just ask for me extension 226 or my colleague Cynthia and I don't know her extension what's your extension? Two, three. Six. <laughs> <laughs> you could have just said it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Is, and is there a web, website for the, uh, for it? Do there you? is. Um, why can't I remember? Uh, MrBillPay.com. There Mr. we go. There you go. Sorry. And they can also find you on our website, on the DivorceNet yes. website. Yes. yes. So you want to connect with you there, and all of your can, uh, information is all available there. Yes. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much Thank for joining Thank you very us. much. All right. We encourage everyone to uh, check out the other podcasts and the other videos online. Uh, we are here to help. Uh, we love uh, spreading the word and, and giving advice and helping empower people to uh, find their way these the simplest and easiest and least traumatic way to get through your divorce. So until next time, we'll see you when we see you. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, expert advice made simple.